Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hey everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom today. I'm Shaman Durek, and I love you. You're amazing. You're gifted. You're powerful. And if you don't know it, then get with it. Because right now, look, we're not on this place right now. I keep reminding you how amazing you are. But if you do need me to drop a couple of reminders here and there, I have no problem doing so. I just want to make sure that you are aware of, at some point, you're going to have to accept it, believe it, and anchor it into your being, merge with it, and see yourself 
living it, being it, breathing it every time you look in the mirror or hear your voice or have a conversation with another person. Because at this point in evolution, there's no reason why you shouldn't know how powerful you are and there shouldn't be any part of you that doubts that you're powerful. Now, with that power, of course, we want to talk about that a little bit more, right? Because a lot of people right now are coming up on this point of what it means to live truthfully and authentically. But truthful and authentic living requires you to really step in with yourself. And it doesn't mean step in with yourself in the sense of, I want to be good, I want to be loved, I want to be liked, I want to sugarcoat everything and make everyone see this mask that I'm wearing and like me. Because you know what? Your mask sucks. And the mask sucks because why? Because it's not you. And the real you needs to come forth in order for you to have better things in your life and to have a greater life and have greater health and have greater prosperity pouring in the door. And the only way that's gonna happen is when you show up as you. If you try to show up as someone else, or show up in some kind of like some kind of fabricated mask that you've created based upon all the things you think people would like and love. I guarantee you the masquerade ball is going to fall flat because the thing is, is that you're on a planet that requires you to engage with people. And when you engage with people, you build solid relationships. And those relationships can be all about creating longevity that you come together to model new strengths, new ideas and new creative pursuits together or individually. But you inspire each other by being in that authentic place that you're able to create real change in the world. One of the biggest things that I see with people all the time is they don't want to be honest. Like, for instance, I have a person, they're like, oh my God, I have cancer. Okay, got it. People don't like it when I talk about cancer, but you know what? Go fucking deal with it. Because here's the thing. I'm tired of sitting there trying to tiptoe around people's uncomfortableness so that they can feel more uncomfortable with the fact that they don't have the truth or the knowledge about things because they want to sit in La La Land or in Snoopyville constantly playing around. And don't get me wrong. I love Snoopy with all my heart and soul, but there's a point about hanging out somewhere too long. And that way it just kind of blindsides you from the truth that is necessary to set you free. So yes, when people have cancer, when I talk to people and I say, okay, you have cancer. They were like, oh my God, I can't believe I have cancer. Well, guess what? There's a part of you that wants to die. And I'm not going to bullshit you. There's a part of you that wants to die. And there's a part of you that wants to live. And if you want to get through this cancer, like if you really want to heal yourself, you're going to have to face off with the reasons why you wanted to die. And that's usually a very challenging thing for people because you know why? People are so used to self-betrayal and lying that they spend more time lying to themselves about the things that they actually shouldn't be lying about because this is the key element here, right? And this is something that I have to share with you. Spirit, angels, masters, God cannot interfere until you're willing to be honest and truthful about what you really feel. Like, for instance, when I see children get sick, our children having all kinds of complications, the truth of the matter is, is that there's either something that has happened within that child. Now, it could be something that is happening on a spiritual level, emotional level, or a mental level, or it could have been something that happened inside of the womb that the mother was going through emotionally that has epigenetically affected the child. Now, look, I'm not asking you mothers to blame yourself or sit back and name yourself and say, oh my God, I'm a bad person, because that's not going to do anything. The truth is really about us being able to see what's happening and then we can make better choices. It's not about you sitting there in a pity party of your pity mud party that you're going into because you want to find ways to self-flagellate yourself and beat up on yourself for not making those smart choices. We're all on planet Earth as eternal beings. We're going to scrape. We're going to fall. We're going to tumble. We're going to rumble. We're going to go through all kinds of things, but it's not for the purpose of us being bad or the purpose of us going to hell and never making it into the afterlife, which is, of course, what the Matrix wants you to believe because that's why they fabricated God to begin with. The whole idea is 
The system created a false God for you to believe in because they needed you to believe that a God would can destroy you or not love you or not appreciate you or not value and basically just toss you into a fiery pit and act like you were not yesterday's newspaper. But the truth of the matter is that's not God. God is pure love. God is pure creation. That's all God does is create, create, create. And the God that they told you about, well, that's so they can manipulate you and have you believe that you're never going to be good enough. And no matter what you do, if you say you should be punished, then God will have to punish you because they know that God is a creator and God creates whatever your free will tells God to create. So if you believe that life should be hard, guess what? It's going to be hard. The key element here is to recognize that you are being infiltrated by bullshit. And if that bullshit gets in so deep, you're going to become a sheep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, here's the deal. I don't want you to be a sheep nor have I intended for you to be a sheep. And that's the reason why I put all this time into making sure that you get these solos so you can really like up-level yourself and realize that, okay, I'm on a planet that's a slave planet. I can maneuver myself through this planet. I can make choices and make my life a beautiful life on this slave planet. All the while I can be freeing myself, freeing my brothers and sisters, by living my truth and authenticity and also by knowing how this whole game actually operates, right? There's nothing better than knowing how a game operates. It's kind of like yesterday I was looking at this TV show called Survivor and I was thinking to myself, the strongest people in that show are the ones who actually know that it's a game and they and they play the game to win. Now, the interesting thing I find about was the fact that it's a game. And if you actually watch the show many times and really analyze it and then go on the show, you're probably going to do really well because you actually understand the rules of the game. Well, the thing is, they don't teach you the rules of the game of the earth. They tell you just to come to earth, go to school, do really good in your grades, follow the instructions, do what everyone tells you, listen to your authority figures, don't talk back, don't break the rules. Uh, you know, basically make sure you prepare yourself to take and study things so you can have a job to make money and do your job, work, make money, have some nice things. If you have not a lot of nice things, if you get popular, then that's even better. But again, you're still a slave to the system no matter how you look at it. Because the moment you believe that you are not a good person or that you're not good enough, is the moment you know you're a slave. So that being said, how do you dismantle the slave consciousness? Well, it's quite simple, really. You have to come to truth. And truth is the thing that, you know, it does say in the Bible, and I will use it because it's true. It does set you free. And why is it set you free? Because it's the key that the matrix thinks you'll never use. Because they know that you're not willing to be honest with yourself. And when I say honest, I mean literally honest, like honest to the core, like to the core of your being, to where there's like no more core of your being other than the honesty that you just admitted to yourself, right? So like a lot of my friends who've had cancer, and I'm going to use that again, because I know like, ooh, it makes people uncomfortable because then people get mad at me and they're like, oh, Shaman Derek, you're saying my mom wanted to die? You're saying my kid wanted to die? You're saying this one wanted to die? Yeah, I am. Sorry, it's hard for you to hear. It's, it's, is it that difficult to know that your mom wanted to die or your father wanted to die? And even though they said they didn't want to die, they weren't talking to the part of them that did want to die because they're a multidimensional being? Or perhaps because the world hasn't taught you what a multidimensional being is, then maybe you don't understand. So let me give it to you in very layman terms. A multidimensional being is a human being who has multiple personalities in one body. Each personality is a spirit onto itself. 
And a human being cannot operate as a single cell being, or they will not be able to survive. So they are multidimensional beings. You are many spirits that chose to become you. One or two or three or maybe four of those spirits, you might have more than 10, you might have more than 20, who knows, you might have 100 spirits inside of you. They made a decision that they don't like what's going on on the planet. They can't handle it anymore. They can't handle the stress. They can't handle this. They can't handle that. They're eating poisonous food. I mean, it could be a list of reasons why the body got inflamed and why the cells turned into a different direction, which turned into a tumor. The point of the matter is everything starts from malfunction and thinking. It means that at some point or at some time, you thought against yourself in some way. Either you didn't like yourself or you compared yourself or you beat up on yourself or you put things in your body that were toxic. Whatever the case, you did some form of malfunction and thinking and therefore led to bringing these things into your life. I know because I've done it myself, so I'm not going to pretend and act as if like that wasn't the case. And trust me, when I died the first time, I would tell you the truth. I wanted to die. I wanted to get the hell out of Dodge, if you ask me the truth, because I didn't like being on this planet. But it was only when I got the information of what this planet's all about and how the game of this planet works once I died and went to the other side. That's why I chose to come back because I was like, wait a second, I'm not going to leave my brothers and sisters down there and every and the animals who are also my brothers and sisters and the trees who are also my brothers and sisters and all the animals and spirits and nature and all that to suffer at the hands of humans' discord because of their inability to take responsibility for the fact that they're being manipulated by a system that wants slaves so that there can always be a hierarchy. Nah, not into it. No thanks, I'm heading back. So here's the deal. Those people who choose to operate in the woe is me, pity party, this and that, can't tell their parents how they really feel, can't tell their spouse how they really feel, can't tell their people in the world how they really feel, or just even have not to tell them how they feel, but just be honest about how they feel to themselves. Those are the people who suffer. Those are the people who have money problems. Those are the people who have relationship problems. Those are the people who go through everything. Because look, all problems that you see in the world are coming because your inability to be honest about yourself to yourself. Wow, isn't that interesting? I think we should pause for a moment and just take that in. All suffering comes from the fact that you're not willing to be honest with yourself to yourself. Hmm. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder at what point did we accept betrayal and lying to ourselves as a normal, right? Like that we actually really begin to believe that lying to ourselves is normal. That's why we can't even find out when the government lies to us or when the system lies to us or when our teacher is lying to us or when our parents are lying to us because we've been told to betray ourselves. So we would just assume that everyone else is telling the truth when in fact they're not because they're also betraying themselves. So how come we can't just see that this plan is one giant big betrayal? But maybe it's too much because people put all their identity into everything. Like, I can't tell you how many times people suffer because they lie to themselves about their own relationships. Yeah, like I have this one friend and he's in a relationship with a woman, but he knows he likes men and women, but he doesn't want to be honest about the fact that he likes men. So he stays in his relationship with a woman and makes the woman miserable instead of he still loves women and he likes being with women intimately, but he makes her miserable because he doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that he likes guys too. So what he does is he makes her miserable. But what if he was just to be honest and say, babe, look, I like both, okay? Can we can we roll with that? Can we be cool with that? And then his wife's like, you know what, babe? I love you and I get it and I'm open to it because obviously you chose me. So obviously there's a part of me in that energy uh, so let me look into it. And the wife has come back. You know what? I love you. You're totally fine to be who you are. All of a sudden, 
that person is not having conflict or problems or whatever. And that's just one of the many situations that I had to help my friend get through. But let's say there's tons of other ones too. Like, you know, a lot of things that people hold back and really acknowledging for themselves. And then this causes them to have money problems and they don't know what they want to do in life. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, Shaman Dirk, oh, Shaman Dirk, as if I'm Santa Claus. Oh, Shaman Dirk, oh, Shaman Dirk, uh, can you tell me why I'm here on the planet? You know why you're here on the planet. You just don't want to be honest about it because you've created all these ideas and judgments and rules of why you wouldn't be able to do that if you were to say it or why you think that might be crazy or like people who are like, oh my God, money's the root of all evil when in good in fact, you know you love money. You love it. You just don't want to be considered greedy. So you try to, you feel guilty for wanting money. So you choose the opposite, which is to be dirt poor or to have money problems instead of realizing that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having money if you're utilizing it from a consciousness of love for yourself and for the other people. The more money I have, the more I can take my friends out to dinner, the more I can invest in causes that I believe in, the more things I can do for my family, the more things I can do for myself, the more things I can do for my kids, the more thing I can do for my girlfriend. I mean, the list goes on. I love money. I mean, why don't you want to love money? Money is a, a, something to love, not something to be a, a discomfort with and judge and, and find something wrong or use other people's dis misbehavior with money as a way to say that that would be what money is. There's nothing worse than like accusing money for doing all the corruption in the world when it's really the people who use the money. That's like punishing a genie for like knocking down a building when it was the genie's master who told him to knock it down. It's like, hello, I'm just here to serve you. I'm sorry that you didn't like the way that this person's like used me, but that's not what I am. It's what you want me to be. It's this whole kind of idea of us being able to step outside of that that conditioning and really step into a new understanding of like, if we're not willing to be honest about things, like really honest, like if things aren't working out for us, it's because we're not being honest. If we're not happy, we're not healthy, it's because we're not being honest. If we're not fulfilled in our relationship, it's because we're not being honest. If we're not feeling good about life and we feel depressed and down, it's because we're not being honest. Because what is depression? Depression is suppression. Suppression is oppression. And oppression is what? It means that you are feeling like you are in some form of, how do we put it? That you have created some idea that you can't be who you are, so you go into depression. What's the need for that? So the point I'm saying is, my loves, and I know I'm very like intense today in today's uh, share with you on this solo piece here, but the reason why is because, look, we are coming at a point right now where the wisdom and knowledge levels need to go up without the nonsense and all the sugar coating and all the bullshit that goes along with it. I have to be for you the, be, the clear mirror of truth so that you can live your best life. And so if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. It's time. Okay. We had enough time to hide, to, to, to peekaboo around the corner, to do all these kind of like, you know, things so that we don't have to really face the shadow. Okay. But I'm here representing the shadow and the shadow is not here to hurt you. The shadow is here to show you the brilliant light of your being. And all it's asking you to do is cut the bullshit. I love you. Bye. Hey Tribe, so the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to 
info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hey tribe, we have an amazing tribal share, uh, a Neil Folk named Middle by Trago Damon. You can find Trago at Instagram at T-R-A-G-O-E. Enjoy. tribe we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is lit verified the lit verified store is open but what does lit verified mean 
Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, Tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I am super happy that we're here on this planet together at this optimum time of evolution and transformation and transmutation. We are changing the social atmosphere, both within ourselves and outside of ourselves. And we are also stepping into a way and understanding on how to live more truthfully in the heart and be able to bring that energy to the forefront in everything that we do. I'm super excited because we have an amazing, powerful woman who is in studio with us today. Tensor Ann is is an advanced certified Akeshic Records practitioner and healer. And she is here to bring forth her knowledge, her wisdom, and her expertise to the tribe all over the world. She is a second generation intuitive who inherited her abilities from her father, who is also an empath in the medium. She grew up in Thailand and is a deep spiritual master and teacher who's here to bring an understanding to people to help them know more of who they are and how they can live their best life. Thank you, Tessa, and I welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Shaman Derek. It's such an honor to be sharing space with you, and I always been a big admirer of your work and your wisdom and also your sassiness and how you approach spirituality in a really fresh and meaningful way. Well, thank you. I think there's a little bit of sassiness in everybody. I just think we need to be a little bit more sassy and not be so, you know, boring and so stuck up, you know? Exactly. Because I feel like that sassiness and that sense of playfulness is what bring out our creativity and our individualism and our own um, signature of what we are here to contribute to the collective. I agree 100%. I wanted to ask you, just going right in, what was your journey into coming into the Akashic Records? Because we know 
you can learn things, but they're right. natural abilities that are yours. When did you first claim your intuitive powers, my love? I would say since I was a child, well, it's, it's one thing to have an ability. It's another thing to claim it, right? So mm-hmm. as a little child, I always be able to go to places, can sense spirit, you know, where you go to a place and the air feel a little thicker, and where you feel that, ooh, what is going on here? I see like spirit coming to visit me. And I think the most vivid memory that I know that there's something different and unique about me was when my dad will, my dad is really, he's a devout Buddhist man. Like I, I would say that I probably traveled to all the temple, all the Buddhist temple in Thailand, you name it. I've probably been there at one point or the other. So on the little trip that we would go outside of Bangkok, I born and raised in Bangkok, we would, I'd be sitting in the back of the car and then he would have this little, I would have these stickers in the back of the seat of the car on the window. And it was those sticker, I know you've seen, it's kind of almost those raised up sticker that kind of almost had a foam behind it. So you can, so I remember as a kid, I would be pushing on it and I would start to hearing music coming from those stickers. And I thought that, you know, it was, oh, the sticker was really cool and amazing. But really is, I believe that it was some kind of angelic sound. So I have a strong auditorial gift. I hear things, I hear spirit, I hear the way people talk and what behind what they're saying. And eventually, I believe in this strongly, is that through our school system, the gifts is kind of stopped. Eventually, one day, those stickers, when I push it, it stopped making noises because we, we go through school system that telling us that is only one way of creating an answer. One plus one must equal two. And through that experience of school system and learning and, you know, then, and how like everything about science is more dominant than spirituality, it kind of took away that, that sense of power. And eventually, I would say like around teenage years, I started exploring numerology, tarot cards, and um, among other esoteric things. And I would say truly, truly, when I really come to discover Akashic Records was in around 2012, when everything was falling apart, like my personal life, my career, everything. And then I discovered Akashic Record through through a friend of mine who said, oh, you should go to this store in, in near, near Los Feliz. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, why? She's like, well, you know, you're really into a spirituality. You might be interested in this. And I saw a course that said, learn how to read Akashic Records. And that's, that's how, and I just feel like something within me was like, you know what? I need to learn this. I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to pronounce it at the time. But ever since then, it has been a life-changing experience for me to explore the depth of how complex we are and how brave and powerful we are. And each decision that we made and each experience that we are experiencing, good or bad, especially like even the one, the quote-unquote bad one, we are here to learn to expand through it, transmute it, and become powerful through it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can you tell me more about the Kashuk Records and exactly what are they and what type of information can you access from it? And can at some point today, 
in today and having you in the studio. Can you open up the Akashic Records for me and see what you see? Oh, okay. I would love that. So Akashic Record is that Kasha is came from a Sanskrit word, which means primal substance. Basically is where the, um, the essence of all things, essentially. And there's a many theory about what is Akashic Record, where it is, how it exists. I'm just going to tell you from my own personal experience and what I believe Akashic Record is. So there are theories about this. The people talk about books of life, there are people that talk about emerald tablets in the hall of Amanti, and, there are, and that's just like ancient Atlantean technology. So Akashic Record essentially is a celestial database of your soul, of why you're here on Earth, and uh, why you're here on Earth, a story that you're writing about yourself. There are two parts of Akashic Record. There's a blueprint, and there's a chronicle of your soul. Blueprint is, you know, basically who you are at its essence. This will not change. Like example, like... You know, like in this life, the chronicle of your soul, shaman Eric, you choose to be a shaman. In a previous life, you chose to be a pharaoh. But at an essence, you are a healer. You are a powerhouse. You are all those things. But in each lifetime, we come here to create different story. And what I love about chronicle of your soul is this. It's the free will part. And a lot of people find free will to be kind of uncomfortable because many times I hear people say like, what is my destiny? I want to know what my destiny is. And this is the kind of matrix training that thinking that it's only one way of being, there is only one destiny. And if somehow you didn't pick this, you like, you screwed up, like you screwed up forever, right? But in reality is what I love about Chronicle of Your Soul is that you have that free will in each lifetime that you come to exist on this earth and experiencing multiple dimension lifetime that you come here on this earth, you have the choices to create the story that you want. The story that say, let's say in life, in past life, you may be a tyrant of sorts, you know, but you carry the soul memory, that quote unquote karmic memory come into this life bravely and powerfully and say, you know what? I'm going to go through this jungle gym of life and expand my life. And this is where free will come in. And this is what I love the most, what you said about, you say many times, we are on, um, this is a lady party, not a pity party. And we have that choice right there, that little portal right there. Are we going to sit and mope and groan about our trauma are we going to be like, you know what? I'm going to use this as a jet propulsion to launch me to where I want to go and who I want to be. So this is where the chronicle of your soul come in. You come here and to create a new story for your expansion for this very moment. So in Akashic Record, you can access your past life, why you're here, why you chose your family, um, you can access sometimes even rituals that is suitable for you, for your expansion. You can even go for some question that is not about yourself. You know, one time I had a client and asked me who Jesus is, you know, according to Akashic Record, not according to religious dogma, like who he is at an essence. And he is really love and grace. That's it. Love and grace. And what else can you access in Akashic Record? You can open Akashic Record of the tree. 
any living thing can open a Kashi record of the history of the house as long as you have the address. You can access that and say, like, the history of the house, the energy of the house, what this house is supposed to bring for you and create for you, with you, uh, along those lines. Can I open a Kashi record of your pet? Also, it's a fun thing. So, yeah. This is amazing. I mean, first of all, how do you live with yourself being such an amazing and powerful woman? I mean, <laughs> oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you. Well, I've gone through a lot of shit to get here. So I have come to learn to have to learn to love myself unconditionally. You know, I gone, I'm, a, um, I'm a sexual abuse survivor as well as someone who survived domestic abuse. But I have come to learn in this lifetime to never give up. You know, just like in, in Star Trek, never give up, never surrender. So because I think that I feel that this is what really come through for me right now is that through our difficulties, a lot of things may come up. The part that we may not like about ourselves or the part that we're not proud of. But this very thing, as you use it in shamanism, it's a shadow. This is a very thing. It's a beautiful portal. If you can accept and love that part of yourself, that portal will shoot you to learn how to love yourself unconditionally. And, and that is something that I always tell people that like, if you feel certain things, allow yourself to feel it. Because in order for you to be free, you need to be able to accept this part of you, love on it, and release it into the light in order for you to love yourself and um, completely. And often, I also see many times people not celebrate themselves enough. This whole false humility that somehow, oh, you know, like, no, no, don't say that. That's not, you know, like, people just get, people don't celebrate themselves enough. And they beat the shit out of themselves. And then they stuck in this like paralyzed stage, which is really sad because I, every time I look at people Akashic record, I see how powerful they are. And they are come here, even in different lifetime. I give you an example. I had a client who one of his lifetime, he was a powerful warrior during Genghis Khan. You know, he have killed many people. He also tortured many people, but he also have saved many lives for the people in his tribe, yeah? And also another one of his lifetime, same client, he was a monk, you know, like he, he devoted, you know, from being a powerful warrior, he shows another life that he want to experience as a monk, you know, like just in a monastery and devoting his life to just that. And in this lifetime, he comes to experience two powerful things is to experience that, to come experience his own power again and not running away from it. And also experience his own powerful sexuality again in the way that he doesn't have to repress it. So we can experience multiple lifetimes in one lifetime for our own expansion. And just depend on how we want to write that story. We can live in the guilt and trauma that carry on from our generation and past life, or we can live like, you know what? I'm thankful for that experience. I'm going to do something else different in this. You know, I feel like my life 
as a pharaoh in this mm-hmm. lifetime has been very challenging for me in this lifetime because I'm aware of who I was and what I am. And I feel like the way people express themselves in this lifetime versus that lifetime was very different. Let's say, for instance, I want to share intimacy with someone. In this lifetime, there's rules, there's regulations. You can only be with women. You can't be with men. You can't be like this. You can't be flirtatious. It's too much. It's too this. It's too that. Where in my life as a pharaoh, I used to have intimacy with my bathers who bathed me. You know, I would be there would be men in the palace and women in the palace that I would bring into my room with my wife. And we would have these amazing, beautiful feeding of grapes and giving them a beautiful essence of oils and burning Mm -hmm. certain incense and with the calabaster stones and and really enjoying in the essence of their energy. And now today, everyone is so many rules. They're so pent up. They bore me to death. I'm completely, (laughs) you know, like, I I just like, sometimes me and my girlfriend, we look at people, we're just like, oh my God, people pull the stick out, like do something, you know? What what is there to do here in this time? People don't appreciate the the ancient ways of ritual. They don't honor the the sacredness of nature and connection and body and bathing and and like eating and and the way you eat food and the the sensualness that comes in the food and, and the way that someone talks and shares themselves and how someone will dance in front of you. Now, I'm not saying that everyone is like that. I don't want to be super general, but I'm saying like a huge majority. And so it's been challenging for me because I get in trouble a lot because I don't see the world the same way. And I don't want to be in the same world like this. I want to turn my world back the way it used to be. I don't need slaves, but I definitely like the freedom of expression on how all of a sudden a friend of mine will start dancing. Like, for instance, example is like my girlfriend came over last night. She's a big Hollywood actress. And she was with me in Egypt. And uh, she came over and she just started dancing freely and jumping on the ground and squatting and doing all this amazing movements and everything. And she's like, don't you miss how free we used to be? And I'm like, yes. She's like, everyone is so boring in this life, you know? And I was like, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Like, I, that, that's something that um, I always find so interesting. Well, not interesting, actually. It's kind of madding for me that, that only, you know, like because we live coming from Thailand. I see it from both ends. Coming from a land of you born Buddhist and come here in America is really a Puritan Christian, quote unquote, country. And there's only a notion that, oh my God, we can just go on and on about this, but I'm just going to go for it. So I went to Christian school too. So I have a background in seminary. I have minor in biblical study. And what I find manning is that the really the message from the Bible is really about love and grace an ability to let people be the beautiful creation that they are. And the, instead, the messages end up focusing about there's only one way to heaven. And if you don't choose this, you're going to hell, you know? And it creates this fear around for people around sexuality, around death, 
you know, in Buddhism, death is nirvana. Death is like where you return to the star, where you release any of the burden and the heaviness living in this world. But now people are afraid of death because, of course, they're going to be afraid of death if they've been either subconsciously or consciously saying that if you don't do the right thing, if you don't do it the right way, you are going to hell. I mean, that's why people are deadly afraid of death here, you know, and, and that's caused other problems and caused other fear. And, and in terms of like your life in Egyptian time, I mean, I, I had an opportunity to read for you on Clubhouse. It's so fascinating and so powerful. And what I love the most Sam and Derek about your life in that lifetime, Egyptian time, is that you were someone who, at the heart of heart, want to expand. Like you start off not happy about a position that you were in. You did well, not. I was forced. I was forced into you the forced throne. to be the pharaoh. You did yeah. not want to. You were like. I want to enjoy the art. I want to I want to be floating in the Nile River, listen to music, eating fruits and all that. And you were forced to be someone that you're not. You, you don't want to be worshipped like that. You don't want to have to rule the world with that kind of restriction. So you also went through your own like, like rebellious stage too, where like, oh, you want to give me this power and who do you want to be? I'm just going to you know, like almost in a way, like the, like kind of you go very intense with it. You kind of abuse it in some way. Yeah, that's and, exactly what I did. But at the end of your life, though, like toward the, not even toward the, not the very end, I would say like even like toward the, toward the, because I, I know you in that lifetime, so I can say this. So you, you have come to be at peace with it. You know, you had to become at peace with it and you end up be able to use your power and privilege in a way that it was beautiful and a blessing to many. So, so I, I, and I, and I see that. I see that. Marta even said that I was like that. She was, you know, the, a lot of people who've come up to me randomly in the street are like, I remember you. I had one woman write me on Instagram being like, I've been watching you from a distance. I know who you are. I know you're a shaman in this life, but I remember you in Egypt. And my mom and I in Egypt used to make you these beautiful clay statues. And when you didn't get the ones that you wanted for your palace, you would smash all the ones we had. And I we would have to start too. all over, like, you know? <laughs> And I would be very like a, like very uh, short to temper. When I was young in this lifetime, I realized that my father, who was abusing me all the time, and my stepmom, if they had not abused me, and if they had left me in my own space, if I hadn't tamed that anger inside of me, having a father trying to force me into the family business without me really asking me if I really want to, give up shamanism and take over, you know, being a person who built hotels like he did and being able to give up the things that made me happy as a kid. And so I was very rebellious and very destructive to any system that tried to control me. If it was school, I would carry my, I would ride my skateboard and spray paint the school walls with big FUs on it and like, go suck and go suck yourself. And like, does anything vulgar I could write on the wall with spray paint? I did. My dad always had to repaint the school so I didn't get expelled. (laughs) 
you know, like anytime someone tried to put a rule on me, I was the first to break it. And I didn't like rules being placed on me. And the other thing I thought was very interesting too, is that in my life as a Pharaoh, I accepted that everyone in my palace were slaves, but they were born into slavery and their families, 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 families had worked for my family for so long that it was just a natural occurrence of them doing things because they had all this luxury, but they were still slaves. And then they were the slave slaves, the Israelites that I enslaved. And it's interesting how in this life, I spent a lot of my time living in Israel, doing things for the Israeli people, supporting them, helping them, supporting their things that they've gone through with war. And like, you know, I remember a friend of mine said, how could you stay here when we are in the middle of a war and there's bombs every day? You could be blown up by mistake because you get on the wrong bus or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to get blown up. Exactly. I said, but I'm here to definitely help help your people. And one woman at a dinner table before, you know, saw me and told me, I know why you're here because of what you did to our people when you were a pharaoh. She saw this older woman, like 70, 80 years old or something like that, saw me at a dinner table at a, at a Shabbat dinner and said that to me on the table. And so I've always known those things. And even with Marta too, like Marta feels like a lot of our, our karma of why we can't be together right off the bat, like from the moment we met each other, just live together, get a house together, build something together because she was my wife in that lifetime. And she was also a priestess who used magic and stuff and casted spells all the time on people. And so a lot of the things that we're learning in re in from that lifetime is to learn how to, to undo a lot of these things and to see how the system is playing games with people, how the matrix is playing games with people, because we were one of the first people who started the matrix. Mm. You know, we were, we were the, we were the ones who were in like giving homage to these ETs that were giving us powers so that we could be in power over the people and use fear over the people by going into their thoughts and making them afraid to disobey us. So it wasn't even that we really had to beat them so much as we actually mentally enslaved them. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same system that Samaria used. That's the same system that a lot of cultures use, including the Mayans and the Toltecs and the Aztecs and, 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 and onward, you know? And so this is, so because me and Marta were so a part of that, of that system of those beings that are still enslaving us, on the planet, we know exactly what it's going to take to bring them down or to change the, to get, and when we say bring them down, meaning like infiltrate the system enough to get other people to infiltrate the system, you know, and like, instead of people being, you know, sheep in the system, I find the Keshek records to be a very powerful gift. I don't think every single person can study it and learn it the way you have, because I've seen people who do do stuff with the Keshik files that it's a little too new age for me. It's a little too woo woo for me. It's a little too like it didn't really land right. And I remember when you did it for me, I was like, oh, my God, she's really tapped in. I can feel it. And being the fact that I have African roots, I can sense a, a person who's activated, who's really who's really uh, tapped in someone who's really grounded in who they are. Right. What I call rooted people, people who are rooted in what they're doing. And do you find it challenging as 
being who you are, having to share the, the space with people who pretend to be good at what you do, but can give it a really bad name. What is your thoughts on that? Well, that's a good question because I was just talking to, I remember I was in a house club room and then I was talking to my friend, Ben, you know, you know, Ben, we had common friends and I always talk about how I'm so not interested about the dimensions. You know, people always talk about like, oh, the Akashic Record is in this dimension and we are in 3D dimension and we're going toward fifth dimension. I have very little an interest in that because a lot of time when people talk about Akashic Record, they always go into this dimension thing and how this far reaching thing. To me, I think uh, the Akashic Records is the sort of true Akashic Record is within our heart. That how you tap into it. I believe strongly that we are on Emerald Tablets. In order for a hall of Amanti, for the hall of Akashic Records to happen, it has to happen with each individual frequency of each and every one of us to create that. So in terms of other people, how they approach it, I just let them do what they do. You know, I just do what I do. I just kind of, you know, they can do whatever they do. And if they give it a, and I believe that there's everyone, someone for everyone, you know, like someone may see my style of reading Akashic Record off-putting and someone might be like resonate with it because I keep it real. I Anything that I don't hear, see, I don't make it up. If I don't get anything, I tell my client I don't see it. And sometimes when people want to look into the past life of fancy. I have no interest in that either. To me, it's all about like, is this past life help you in this lifetime? Is this past life can help expand you? And as I was listening to your story, it's so beautiful because to me, I believe that karma, karmic memories, and karma doesn't have to be like this bad thing. I just use it for just for the namesake, karma, karmic memory is really belong to self. It doesn't belong to, oh, you have to pay karmic debt to someone. Someone had to pay it to you. It's really about you coming to terms with the self of you that you want to transform. Like, for example, there might be self of you in that Egyptian lifetime that you like. That was fun, but I'm not. I want to do something different. I want to transform that. So you come into this life and you go into that Israeli life and you're like, you know what? Instead of doing that in this life, it's instead of like paying it back to them, you want to love on them. You want to create a new frequency, a new vibration of healing. It's not like you owe it to them. And like, as for your father, um, and this is kind of funny because sometimes when I'm driving, I will get messages from them. I was thinking about you as I driving after I got my acupuncture done. And kind of just, you came to my mind. I was like, you know, I wonder, like, why did Chaman Derek chose his dad, you know, and why he chose to be with a father who would say, like, no, you cannot be a shaman. No, you cannot do this. No, you cannot do that. And this, this is what they told me. They said, he shows him so his yes will be even louder. You know, when someone said like, no, you cannot do it. It's like, uh-huh, I'm going to do it. No, you cannot do it. You know, you're not going to make money doing it. Nope, I'm going to prove you wrong. And just make your yes 
even louder. That's why you should. Wow, I'm getting chills in my body. So it's make your yes even louder. And once you make your yes so loud, it will be something that you can say, this is mine. You know, in every religion, every study that I have, anything that I have doubt or wonder or curious, I dive in in order to be like, is this really mine at this moment? Is it? And then, you know, people thought and believe can always change this, but the key is it's mine. Is this your at this very moment? It's very interesting. You know, I had an African diviner come to my house to do a divining reading with the coke with the with the shells uh, recently with my friend Ben and my family and everything and whatever, and they said that Ben was my brother in Egypt. My family is all my family that I had in Egypt. Marta was there. We're all connected again. All a lot of my friends who are coming into my life were also there in Egypt, and even the ones who have been like you know betraying and backstabbing themselves, which means they're trying to backstab me. They were also there trying to do it again from that life to this life. I wanted you to see and tap into the uh, the Keshik records and see what is this need that people have to try to take me down? What is this need that people feel to keep coming in my life and where I keep feeling like no matter what people I bring in, unless they're family and they're coming from that core place, they have some agenda to try to see me fall. What is that about? Oh, interesting. Let me take a look. Okay, I got that. Okay. Mm, interesting. I find this interesting because they gave me two things. They gave me from like your perspective and their perspective. From their perspective, they're just simply angry. You know, like it's like it, that emotion that carry with them that they feel so helpless in that lifetime that, you know, you cannot go against a pharaoh. He's going to whip the crap out of you, you know? So it's that repression and that anger that carry on that really in this lifetime, they're supposed to come here to, instead of coming to attack you, they're supposed to find their own power. They're supposed to find that they're finally free. They are not a slave anymore. And it's that memory that they still tie around being slave and, you know, all of those anger and resentment. But here is take two to tangle, right? Because in some ways, some of these people are the people that you trust. There's some people that you probably even been in relationship with. And, you know, you know, so, you know, and I know. So, and there's a part of you that feel that guilt, that like a kind of almost a string of guilt that you feel like, maybe I deserve to be mistreated. And that's something that the spirit said that for you to release that and know that you deserve 
to have beautiful, genuine, loving people that don't need anything from you. And this is also another like trait of being a pharaoh that came into this lifetime too, that you had doubt of whether or not people truly love you or they want something from you. You know, and then that sense of life that you have to give them something in order to receive love. And that's something that that is the soul mission. That's part of your heart that come here to heal, that you can be loved just as you are. Wow, that touches me really deep. I mean, I'm almost like I was like two seconds away from bawling my eyes out. <laughs> that's exactly what I've been feeling like with that relationship that I was in that I won't say the name of the person. And some of the friends that I recently had to let go, that's the all like everything that they needed. Like one friend of mine, she had a son, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'll pay for him. I'll do what you need. Where do you want to live? What do you want? You're an amazing woman. You're talented. You're an amazing artist. You're gifted. You're this, you're that. And it didn't matter how much I would pour into her. She never felt like it was enough. And she always wanted to make sure she could take more from me and get more from me. Because she feel like in her soul memory, she feel like you owe it to her. Right. And then same with that relationship. I was in this relationship with this amazing person I thought I was, you know, really in love with. It was this guy, you know, and he, I was willing to give him everything, cars, houses, you know, take him on the most lavish vacations, introduce him to most powerful people in the world. And no matter what I did, no matter how many gifts I bought him, no how much lavishness I laid on him, there was never a satisfaction. There was never happiness. And it was always like, I'm going to torment you. Mm-hmm. He did that in last time too. And he, he was, well, he's so interesting about his Akashic record. <laughs> um, he was, he really good with sex magic. Like he was, he was like, you know, the boy about town. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. He really good at manipulating. He really good at using his magnetism in a way that is beneficial to him. And it's kind of almost as if, how would I put it? It's just, it's just almost a spell that how I would put it. You know, and, and and that's something that he and if somehow he didn't get what he want, he get vindictive. And this is what he come into this life to heal and to transform. And for you, meeting him was about you knowing that you don't have you deserve to have the love that you don't have to buy. Yeah, and that's exactly what what I got, it was like, I'm like, I'm putting up with all this abuse. I'm getting my house trashed every day, being called every name in the book. And I'm a shaman. And I was like, and my friends was saying to me, you know, Shaman Durek, why are you with this person? They're so volatile. They're, they're constantly vindictively trying to hurt you when they don't get what they want. And you keep staying with them and you're a shaman and you know this information. And it was like this guilt inside of me from that lifetime. It was like I sent him out to exile. I remember he did this before. And my way of handling it was not to like help him, but I exiled him. Hmm. And, you know, and so it was always this feeling of I don't want to do that again, you know. And then finally I ended up having to do it again. And, you know, and then he did, you know, his vindictive things again and so forth. But 
Yeah, because he he wanted all. He like he want to have all his lover. He want to have you. He want the throne. He want to be like he want to be. He doesn't want Princess Martha to be Princess Martha. You know, he want to be. Well, I mean, I mean Princess Martha in terms of like her life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he he wanted all, and he started doing all sorts of thing that is vindictive to both of you guys. And yeah. And in this lifetime, he he was doing it again. And the thing is, what's so what's so heartbroken to me when I see people in a car ship like record and to see their past life and they're doing it again is that you have that window of opportunity to do it differently and liberate yourself. And sometimes people choose not to, you know, and sometimes it's a domino effect and you did the best you could. And, you know, you have to protect the one you love. You have to protect yourself. And I think that where you come to be in your own power and say, like, this is where I draw the line, you know? Why do people not make the choice to do something different? Mm, good question. Let me let me think on that. And also, I just want to let you know, I really love you, and I think you're absolutely amazing. And I'm very happy that you're in my life. And I really want you to spend more time with me, oh come my to my house, be on my family. You're you're such a gift, and I would love to have you be more and more connected to me and Princess Marta. I would love that. That that would bring me so much joy. We we did that in our past life, and I have to say that um, I seen all parts of you, and you never unkind to me. Like you may be throwing all kinds of things at people, you will never unkind to me. I was one of your priestess, and and always, yeah. you know, I always just see. I see that boy in you that is so bright and want to shine and want to be quirky and fun and had to be trapped in this role of Pharaoh. So I always have compassion for you. Yeah, I see myself walking down corridors and coming to see you at some of the temples and sitting down with you and you would talk to me. And I used to be really upset about things, you know, and um, it's, it's very interesting how that energy and even just your relationship with with my friend Ben too, even with Ben, you know, and him being in that life with me, like when him and I became friends in this lifetime, we all of our memories started coming back mm-hmm. on how we were and our playfulness together and like how he, because he wasn't going to the throne, he started going more into like the priest being a priest and going into that that way of being. And it's interesting how, you know, his service in the temple of Anubis and how he operated, you know, and how you operated and how my family operated. My question, let me ask you this, um, because I know I asked you the question about why people don't make that change. And what I just heard spirit say to me was that the reason why they don't make that change is because they feel like they have unfinished business and they care more about the unfinished business than for them to create something new for themselves correct could not have put in a better way they or they feel that they don't see other possibility they see it as like i must get something back i must pay back it must end up this way and they just have that narrow focus instead of like no you actually can do it other way you can let it go you can you can accept 
the person. You can accept your life and create something new for you instead of feeling that that codependency of this person or something to me. They have to act this way for me to be happy and in my power. So they don't see other possibility. And that what I love the most about your teaching is that to see other possibilities, to see other wonderful possibility that can come. So like, because, you know, we live in that, like go back again to the Puritan way of thinking. There's a right and wrong. There's a one way of doing thing. And then if you come with that kind of mindset and that energy, which is natural, you know, it's like it does. But we also had that powerful thing called free will that we can choose to be at peace with ourselves. We can choose to not be vindictive. We can choose to live in our own power instead of, you know, depending your happiness on other people's demise, which is such an awful way of living life. That's just, no, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a question in regards to since you have the gates open, what is this? So what, why am I, you know, my mom told me when I was 14 years old that she spoke to the elders and the, um, in Bahal, um, the Vikings, and they had destined me to marry the princess of Norway. And this was told to me when I was a little kid. Of course, I didn't understand anything she was saying. And in fact, I wasn't really interested in what she was saying. I was more interested in hopping on my skateboard and going to go skate with my buddies. Okay. However, a lot of my buddies from that time all remembered what she said and was like, called me up and was like, hello, did you hear what, what's happening? Do you see what your mom said came true? So my whole life, I never thought I was going to end up with a female. I thought I was going to be with a man and we were going to be like buddies and we were going to have a woman come into our relationship and be with us. Okay. And um, I always saw myself as a person who was always going to be free, never going to be tied into that way. But then there was also this other yearning inside of me. I remember when I went, I decided to become a reborn again Christian in my um, early 20s. Mm -hmm. I my spirit told me to walk away from shamanism and go full on into the church, study the Bible, go, you know, I, I, I was part of this Christian organization in San Francisco. We lived in a, we had a boy's house and a girl's house and we evangelized and we brought people mm -hmm. to Jesus and we shared with them the Bible. Sunday we'd sing uh, Christian rock songs, you know, yep, and, yep, same. Um, and, I, and I don't get me wrong. I still love my Christian rock songs. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, even though I, it was a very great experience for me, it gave me an understanding of seeing some of the, the fear-based things. But also, I feel like, you know, the ancestors told me, walk away from shamanism, go into that, and then go back. And But when they told me to go into it, they didn't tell me that I was going to leave it. They just said, go to it. And I did exactly what they tell me to do. But long story short... What I was saying was where I was going with this, you know, I lived my life. I've dated some of the most beautiful models and women and goddesses and elderly women who I just loved, who just taught me so much. I've I've had, you know, uh, probably the most in my life, two boyfriends, one very volatile, the other one absent from emotions. But nonetheless, uh, still a good friend to this day. The other one, not a good friend, unfortunately, the one you were speaking about. And then I've had other guy friends who are celebrities but then I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really talk about who they are. But basically, same situation, uh, always trying to take me down, always trying to, you know, be in some kind of power over me. And that never worked out. Yeah. I end up with this amazing woman 
First day I meet her, I see myself sitting on a throne with holding these scepters with her standing next to me, looking at me. We both have memories. We'll be in London. We'll be at the Thames River. She'll be like, do you remember when we used to go down the Nile and you used to make these jokes? And I would remember all of these things, including even my friend to this day, my friend Kat Graham, who's a big Hollywood actress, played in Vampire Diaries, the whole mm-hmm. bit. The moment we became friends, we saw each other from our life in Egypt when she was an empress and like, and the way she is today in her success and the way she is with me when we're together, how powerful we are, our memories come back, you know, all of these things. What is this whole life about me marrying into the Royal family and what role does that play for me and princess Marta? Oh, so juicy. I'm so excited to share. So, is start from the, the inception of who you are at the zone of choice. You chose to be African. She chose to be who she is, where she at. Also, as a princess Martha, as a Caucasian woman, you chose to be a shaman. And also you chose to be African. This is and also chose to have um, to me you know, kind of, you just love people for people, regardless of, you know, the male or female, you just love them for their soul, yeah? yeah? And you come here in this body that you're in, the way you look, the way she is, all of this thing, in order to dismantle the structure of what love is, what is loyalty and what social status of who is highbrow, lowbrow, all of those things, all the things that you mentioned earlier on, like in the Egyptian time, all this caste system, you know, you came here to dismantle that. You, you came here to, instead of seeing how you can love people based on, oh, are you hetero? Are you gay? Are you bi? Are you no, 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 no. You just love people so and I think you came with that desire that to get rid of all this nonsense in order for people to be free to love people where they're at in your heart of authenticity, you know. So, and were you were you asking me about like the monogamous, polygamous, or that's that's something else? No, I'm not asking about that because I can't talk about that because I'm sure there's news reporters going into. Things I'm not going to go into that any yeah. much, even a hint of what my brain is thinking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <You> can... <laughs> but, but I am asking about is what, so you're saying that the reason why Princess Marcha chose to be a princess and I chose to marry into that family, mm-hmm. because, you know, we have a very strong view that we've come here to take down hierarchy. Yes, exactly. That's the way it was, what I tried to say. Try to take hierarchy, try and taking down patriarchy, taking down the old structure that keep people enslaved, that keep people not seeing how phenomenal and how powerful they are and keep people away from being that, that powerful individual self. You know, a lot of time I feel that people are all worried about, am I going to fit in? Are people going to love me? And they're willing to compromise and betray themselves in order to fit in. And through that, they die slowly inside every day. Oh, my gosh, I know. So true. 
It's so true. It's so true. And I feel like, you know, for me, I've never been a person who's been caught up in like celebrities. And someone wrote me the other day on Instagram and said, I used to like you, but I see all you care about is money and fame. And I'm like, oh, why well, you obviously don't know me. No. I said, if I cared about money and fame, I could have done that a long time ago. I've had men who were billionaires throw money at me, offered me penthouses. They wanted me to be their boyfriends, you know, friends, fr people who had yachts in Europe who were like, you know, all I want is just you to be next to me. I remember there was a woman in, in uh, Italy who has a castle and she was like, I want you to be my 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 man. And I was like, no because I don't want to be controlled by people and their money and their power. I want people to be connect with me on the essence of their heart, not on their material possessions. I have friends who are celebrities who've offered to do so much for me. And I tell them, don't interfere in my business. If you want to say something nice about me, that's one thing, but don't try to open up doors for me. Let me do my own opening of my own doors. Let me do my own thing so that I always know that I'm the one who did it. Yes. not you and your power because you're a big Hollywood A-list celebrity or whatever you are. Let's separate that from our lives and let's just be friends. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, people don't have, so people have that, that very, like very incorrect idea. And what I find very fascinating about humanity is that human beings always think that the more they betray themselves, the more they separate themselves from their, from their truth mm -hmm. to fit into what they think other people will like and love and accept the more they're going to have happiness and joy and prosperity and abundance. But at the same time, they betrayed themselves on the way to get there. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, yes and yes and sad and yes, because it's basically they go against their compass. This is how I see a heart desire as a compass, not only to our soul purpose, what will bring us the most joy and happiness. Also, the portal to the divine power, divine wisdom, divine love. So when they go against themselves and their desire and feel that like, oh, let me move my remove my feeling and my ego and all this in order for me to get what, you know, money, fame, status or whatever, you know, um, they end up betray themselves and they don't end up, they get it. They end up get those things, but they still feel empty. Let me put it this way. I personally don't think that is anything wrong with desiring of money, with the desiring of recognition, with desiring of any of that, but it depends on how you go about it. What's your intention? Like, are you going it from a place of, love for self, a place from you, love for humanity, that you know that if you quote unquote play the game and know that you're doing all these steps in order for you to gain power, wisdom and love, and that you're going to be able to share it even more to the world. That is a true source of like the generator of the power that will really help you expand in a way that is not only fulfill you and bring you abundant, it also can generate this like genuine love for the world because you first love yourself. But if you betray yourself from the get-go that I'm willing to do anything, I'm willing to sleep with anyone to get what I think the world want me to get in order for me to happy. See how the energy is like from outside instead of yep. within. Yep. And that 
where you're just going to buy yourself some big house and big misery. So, I mean, to me, I think I love delicious food. I love fancy restaurant. I love all those things. They're so gorgeous. And you dress with like amazing style and grace. And you're just, everything you do is beautiful and just absolutely divine. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful the way that you carry yourself. I'm a very strong person when it comes to etiquette and style and grace and poise. You know, I'm always much about looking at how people shine their shoes and how they give their first appearance, how they how they put things together. Tells me a lot about how a person feels about themselves, you know, and not from a judgmental place, but I was raised in a family where, you know, your suits and your ties and your your everything you wore had to be at at the highest level. My aunt, who was a world famous opera singer, bless her dear heart, who's also my Godmother always said to me, doesn't matter what social circles you're in, if you are not putting your best foot forward, then you might as not put your foot forward at all. Mm-hmm. And that the and that when you are, if my aunt and my family raised me to be around the arts, around music, around people who were, you know, speaking other languages. So that's why I learned how to speak other languages, how to be able to travel and be able to conduct oneself in a society of many societies. So that way they said, doesn't matter if I'm hanging out in the ghetto and I'm, 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 I'm just chilling, listening to like rap music, or if I'm on a farm and this hot horseback riding with friends and, and going, or going to listen to country music and going to a country Western saloon to me sitting at a palace having dinner with the most powerful dignitaries in the world. It's Mm -hmm. all about how you feel internally with yourself that translates how you conduct yourself in the way you look and the way you present yourself to the world. And I think you do that so beautifully, by the way. I wanted to say that, you you know. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's like, to me, I dress up today because A, it's fun for me, you know, and B, I want to honor the divinity within myself. And also divinity within you, Shaman Derek. So every time I get on a call with my client, I always, you know, do a little something because, you know, it's fun. And also it's a beautiful kind of almost like devotion to the divine, also to myself. And and we have a similar um, childhood. You know, I grew up, um, my dad and my mom, you know, they they both middle class. But they always want to teach me, they, they take me to like get really yummy noodles in the like, like kind of hole in the wall in Thailand. But they also take me to five star hotel and teach me how to, you know, like eat the American dinner and what are all the items and how to conduct myself. And I think this is also part of the soul training, you know, just like how you learn about Christianity and back to shamanism. And it's a part and me learning about all those things in order for us to be able to touch as many people and relate to many people from where they at instead of like from a pulpit and say like, well, you must see it this way and the way I see it. You can relate to people where they at and then talk to them from like a friendship level. And by the way, what is your favorite opera? I'm an opera fan. Well, I love my aunt's opera, Shirley Verrett. So I love everything that she, her and Leoton Price uh, created for the opera world. But I love Everything to do with the Scala. I love uh, Sansom and Delilah. I love Midsummer Night. I mean, I love, you know, all of these operas that have the old storytellings to them. 
Mm, I love that. I think the one that I saw that I loved the most, it was it was done by, by LA Opera. It was like such a modern production. It was Don Giovanni. And that oh, was, Don uh, Giovanni. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Nine, Absolutely. Nine and six. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I do love, I love uh, Macbeth as well, very mm, much. Yes. I love the story of Macbeth. I feel a lot of connection to the story of Macbeth. And my aunt played it so well. And I love how, you know, with the witches and like, you know, and also like, you know, with all the different characters and how they were like wanting to betray the king and, you know, and just all of the, the deceit, but also the, the sexual. Of the baby. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 And I think like with the nurse and everything, I think, all of it is really um, poignant to a lot of the characters that I see in the archetypes that I see in the world when people are not operating from a place of love. I see a lot of that playing out in the government. I see a lot of that playing out in relationships, power plays. And it gives me I, I see life like a like a stage, like a like a Greek theater. And I watch and see which characters are support are coming into into scene. And then I look at why did I write this character in? So what is this character and what is my role? And can I change my role to create something completely different than what it was going to be to what it could be? So I play with that. I have fun with that. I like to I like to see like if I say something to someone, which road will I go down? Which where would it lead? You know, one time I was out at a party and it was this guy, there was a woman and a man, her and her husband were there. And I looked at both of them and I was like, can I kiss you both? And I wanted to see if they would say yes or what, what, what are you crazy? Like, are you going to kiss us? You know? And they said yes. And so I kissed the wife on the lips and I kissed the man on the lips. And it was this beautiful energy. And to this day, they said it was the most life transforming experience for them because it gave them this freedom of letting go of, is this a right thing to do, you know, versus this is our life. We're, we're eternal beings. We, we, we choose to be male or female, but what we really are is beyond the, the, the masculine and feminine projection. So we just kissed each other and shared that moment. And that maybe that moment will never happen again, but it happened and it was beautiful. And it's something we can take with us in our walk in life. But I find that people have so many uh, pent up rules and regulations on what they'll allow and how they'll allow it to fit into their boxes that they've been told to fit into. And I, speaking of those boxes, I really want to go to this question that I have for you that I have wrote down earlier this past couple of days. Do you feel the matrix is infiltrating the school system and taking away the arts, the music and so forth to take away the power for people to be able to be in their energies, in their emotional intelligence so that they can function and operate on planet Earth? Or is the matrix deliberately doing this in the school system? Are they set up the school system as a way to take away the soul and the spirit of a human being? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I seen it because I to think about it, even logically, like if you celebrate math and science, let's talk about math. Math is like one plus one equal two. You know, there's only one answer. Again, back to that whole one answer thing. Right. And when you take out the art, 
you take out the art, take out the music, take out the dance. This is the very thing that allow people to be exactly how they want to be without restriction. And you know why they take it out? Because if people are limited to how they express themselves and they have to seek one correct answer to get praise, then it's easier to control. Yeah, that's Does interesting to say that. And right. I'm so glad that you say that because uh, a lot of people don't see that. And, and a lot of people don't see the trickery of the matrix and how it utilizes a domesticated way of manipulating people the same way we do to animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one way. And oh, even like how, how animal is being seen as that we have to rule over them, you know? And all those things too, that's also another matrixy thing, you know? And, and one thing though that I want to share and I think it's important to share is that even through this matrix, I believe that it was something, the ancient technology, a tablet that was stolen and people use it, that knowledge to manipulate and use against people and make people go against each other and among other things. However, what I do see in Akashic Record is that the beautiful thing in Akashic Record that I saw right now is that we do have that information and that emerald tablet within our own hearts. As long as we always sing into our hearts and don't listen to the light or the noises, we will be in our own power and whatever information that they have been stolen, manipulated to control us, it will override it. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. You know, I feel like, I feel like people are on the rise to lift their heads above the cloud of nonsense to the mm-hmm. place where they're able to see the, the grand scheme of manipulation. But I still feel that fear plays an integral role in suppressing people from being able to lift into that space. So I'm really glad that we are talking about that and really going into that because I think that we're at a point right now in our evolution where we have to be able to to see the manipulation of the system and Mm -hmm. how it's playing out and how it's wanting people to follow the rules and do what they tell you. And if you don't, you're going to lose this luxury or you're going to use that luxury or you can't travel here. Or you can't do this or you can't do that. And please take this poison and put this in your bloodstream and do this and do this. And everything's going to be better and everything's going to be fine. And you're going to be safe. Your kids are going to be safe. Everyone's going to be safe. But little do you know, we're actually manipulating to see if you actually do the things we ask you to do. Because if you are, then we have something coming down the pipeline that is going to be perfect on how we're going to get you all where we want you to be. And I think that, you know, I wrote about it in my book, Spirit Hacking, where I said, don't trust your government. And I meant it, you know, and I was very clear about the pharmaceutical companies. I'm very clear about what their intentions are for humanity. And people still continue to act against themselves in according to their need to be liked by their peers or their family members to follow the rules and be sheep. And, you know, people have free will. And that's the great thing is I'm not here to judge and say people are wrong for their choices. What I'm simply here to do is simply say, make sure that your choices are aligned with your vision for your your entire bloodline, for your life, for your 
longevity on this planet, that your choices are governed for this, for the sustainability of yourself and everyone around you, because if they're not, and they're, they're governed by fear, just constantly coming at you, then you are going to live in a life where people can use fear to get you to make choices that are contrary to your best interest. Uh, Yeah, exactly. To me, you know, like whatever choice you're making, it has to come from a place of power. To me, whatever choices you make, make from a place of power. You know, like if you make a choice from a place of power, your body, your spirit will be able to do whatever it needs to do. But just one, don't make it from a place of fear because then not only you allow that fear to take over your autonomy, you also not allow your body to be able to transmute as it needed to be. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that the people don't understand that the body is also here for ascension. Uh, people talk about ascension. They talk about the rise of the, I mean, I hear it all the time in the new age community, so much to the point where it's actually starting to overtake the conversations now that I hear everyone talking about 5D, 5D, 5D. But what they don't understand is that it's not about 5D. It's about being able to get yourself to a space within your physical, emotional, and spiritual body that is operating in harmony to create the fifth element. You can't enter 5D if you're not operating the fifth element. And to get to the fifth element, you have to balance the physical, balance the emotional, balance the mental, and balance the spiritual. All four pillars have to be ignited Mm -hmm. for for the fifth element being of your being to come through. And that means what? Limit getting rid of labels, getting rid of attachments, getting rid of your opinions that you have individually and start looking at things more globally. Look at where you're dominating energies on the planet. Look at how you're either bringing resource and community or are you taking away from community? Something that Ben once said to me, which was so funny and because, you know, because we're very particular about who we allow in our lives and what people we allow as friends in, in, in our circles. And he said, either we have to ask ourselves, is this person adding something, contrib- contributing something to the tribe, or are they just another bill? You know, and, and I think it was really funny how he said that, because it's the idea of if someone is adding something, right, they're bringing something to the tribe, or are they just there taking and taking and taking from everyone in the tribe and not adding something back into their equation? And I wanted to ask you in regards to that, because, you know, it brings me to my other question before we finish up today, is have you seen the rise of people utilizing ancient technology and practices? Where do you see the future of ancient healing practices in the mainstream world? Hmm, this is what's so exciting, is that I, you know, I do Akashic Record, but I'm also a big fan and love of astrology because in the beginning of time, this is what I access in Akashic Record. Not only I was a priestess in ancient Egypt, I was also someone who helped designing the energy of this planet. So when I channel the messages, I create a thing that call um, Astro Akasha, where I combine astrology and Akashic Record together. And to and in February, there was some really beautiful planetary where a bunch of planets would align in Aquarius, aqua- uh, energy of invention, the energy of the ET energy, as well as the energy of community. 
And what I see coming, the ancient technology, is that people are going to become more telepathic. Mm-hmm. People are going to become be able to do remote viewing. I mean, you can see that the government finally telling us now that they have been doing remote viewing for a long time. So, like, oh, surprise, you know, of course they have, you know, and there's going to be other thing with um, astral projection and all this thing. This is what's so powerful is that these are all the things that we all had the ability to do. But through the school system, through the matrix, is we have been told that this ability need to be suppressed because people may see as you are lunatic or that you see as a lunacy. So the more of it now that thing activated planetary wide, people start to think outside of the box. People start to embrace their powerful individual selves and people are going to lean more into all this ancient technology and be able to be in their own power even more. And I see that, you know, like people are going to speak light languages more. The languages that to me, people always see, feel like, oh, light languages, you know, like, and if you go to Pentecostal church, you know, people speaking in tongues and all those things. And to me, it's just a beautiful frequency. And the way the spirit told me to explain light language to people where people won't be afraid of it, to see it as classical music versus the music with lyrics. So even though you don't understand something consciously, doesn't mean that it doesn't have legitimacy or power to it. Just like classical music, even though there's no words, you can still feel it. Just like light language, when we start speaking it, doesn't mean that even though we not understand it now, you can understand it with your heart. So that's going to be some of the ancient technology that's going to be revealing and coming up for people to experience and see and be in their power even more. I love it. You know, I cry in light language. So when I cry or when I go through emotions, I can't talk to spirit like I'm talking to you right now. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't work for me to understand my thoughts about people in life that with an English voice speaking in my head. So when I cry, I cry like this. ไคคันมีเรสารุมาคาปุดิรุชิเกรคอร์บาตาสมาราเดกราเดมาสคาร์ดูทูฟอดาตริเกรราคอร์โคราชาเดมาเรติเปตุสโคเซเดมาสโค
And this is how I release my emotions. This is how I go into my sadness. When I cry for humanity, when I cry for myself, when I, when I, when I think about healing, when I go into healing, when I want to understand something, I go into a song for myself. I sing myself. When I was a kid, my father and fam people thought I was crazy. Something was wrong with me. They didn't like it. So I would go and hide. But I, I, I've always been, I can never just cry. I always cry with a song. I always cry with, with the light language. I always cry with like, like, you know, if I say something about the world, since I was a little boy. Can I share something with you? Yeah. I was debating whether to share with you or not, but there was one time in my vision that was in ancient Egypt, I was a priestess of thought. And one time in the beautiful hall of in Egyptian time, you came to me and you asked me, when is this going to stop? When is this suffering inside of me going to stop? And I cry with you, you cry, you were on your knee and you were crying. So when is this going to stop? I said, it's going to stop when we meet again. And Shaman Derek, I want you to say that going forward, it stopped now. You will no longer have people that will come and stabbing you in your back. You're only going to have people that love you for exactly just the way you are and they will see the beauty in you and you also will stop the pattern of it having to earn people love. They will just love you just for you, who you are and whoever doesn't have genuine kindness and love and see your heart to come here to heal the world. They will just 
drop off before they even come near. And it stops now, and you are free, and you are liberal. Thank you. I receive that. I do suffer inside. A lot of people don't think I suffer. They think because I'm always happy. I am happy, but I do suffer because I can feel the suffering of humanity. I feel the animal suffering. I feel nature suffering. And I feel sad because of it. And there are days where I wake up, like this morning I woke up and I had so much pain in my body. And I knew I had to cry this morning. And I called my girlfriend this morning and she's like, honey, you, you usually call me at, at 5.30 in the morning. And I said, I, I couldn't call you, babe, because I, I had to cry this morning to release this pain in my body that I carry for the world to see the world fulfilled. I, I, I know that people can be in their power and I know that I can help them. But, and just like you, you know, being in my life, helping me, I'm here to help you. And we're here to help each other. This is not about who, who, how many followers someone has. And when I know how powerful I am and where I'm going and what I'm going to do. And no matter how high I go in success, I'm never going to forget the people. I'm never going to look down at the people. I'm never going to not stop and hug the people or touch the people and look in their eyes and tell them how amazing they are, you know, and that is who I am. And that's why I'll always be. And that's why I love you. That's why I love so many people in my life because they represent that energy as well. I'm just honored to have had you here today on ancient wisdom, you know, today podcast. I can't wait to bring you and do a clubhouse room with you. We got to do an Instagram live as well. I want the world to know you and to understand the level of honor and respect and clarity and just uh, regalness that you represent, you know, and really walk by my side in this lifetime, by me and Princess Marta's side. And, you know, and let's continue bringing what we what we what we can to the people yeah, and, and, you know, change and switch things up, you know, and do it powerfully and differently, and, you know, create that lit train, lit, lit train you're talking about. <laughs> the lit train. Absolutely. How can people get a session with you? How can they learn about you? Where can they follow you? Like, how can people get in touch with you? So they can go to my website which is www.tnsirin, it's at T-I-E-N-S-I-R-I-N.com. By the way, my name, thanks to my parents, Tian in Thai means candle, and Sirin means heaven. So, and I always use people name to access the Akashic record. That's why I use my name for my website. It only makes sense. Absolutely. And then they can also follow me on Instagram, same thing, at underscore Tian underscore. And they can get transmission for each new moon and full moon and also monthly reading for, for the energy for them to be able to tap into how to maneuver the energy of each month and how to make it, you know, at the highest frequency and vibration that matching what, how brave and how powerful they are and why they're here to do what they do. And then, you know, they, they can book a session on the website that way. They can follow me on Instagram and then, you know, 
ขอบคุณค่ะขอบคุณค่ะ Such an honor, Shaman Derek. I feel like I seriously, honestly feel like to have a conversation with an old friend, and I say that honestly. So, I have to bring you with me at some point when I go and meet the king and queen of um, Thailand. <gasps> yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to come with me and Princess Marta. I, I, I really believe it. I, I have a Friday. I'm gonna talk to Marta about it. Yeah, that because will be a lot of fun. They want to host us to, in Thailand to come and spend time with them. It would be great to have you there with to with with us. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, you know, your friend and also your translator. <laughs> Fantastic! It's absolutely wonderful. I'm so honored to have you in my life. For those of you in the world, you know, you have to know this woman. You should be following her on Instagram, connecting with her, doing a session with her. She's absolutely the real deal. You know, she's not giving you fluff. She definitely knows what she's talking about. And um, I'm just honored to have you by my side. I love you so much, and thank you for being a part of Ancient Wisdom today's share. I'm so happy. Yeah, I love you too, Shaman Derek, and thank you for honor your soul expansion and so brave and so have such deep tenacity in all the thing that you do. And and even though sometimes you're afraid, you're still doing it anyways. And that's what I love about you. And that's what <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have, people think I have no fear. I get I have fear all the time, but it's like my fear is always like, okay, I have fear. Let me confront the fear. I'm going to confront the fear. I'm going to get through it. Exactly, and that's how we liberate ourselves. So, thank you so much for all that you do and who you are. I honor you. Thank you, darling. That was amazing conversation, Tian Surin, and you know, having such an amazing, powerful, beautiful, gifted, intelligent woman who is connecting to those deep levels of thought and connection was so powerful. You know, sometimes we take it for granted, and really, and how people are being, and the beautiful people that are in the world right now, who are putting the time and the energy to get rooted in their in their skills and their abilities to really support humanity. And she is one that we cannot um, overlook because she is such a gift to the planet and such a gift to life. You know, and I feel like on so many levels. We have to honor people like her. You know what she has done. I mean, in the past, she has really given me insight into a lot of things that I know a lot about my life in Egypt, and I know a lot about what that was like and stuff. But for her, she's given me like details of things that have happened. She's helped me to understand certain things about people who came in my life and why, what their position and purpose was. She also helped me to really be able to see deeper into certain aspects of myself, of why I behave a certain way that I did in Egypt to when I am here, and also she brings things so easy and so practical and so not so woo woo for me because that's something that you know has always been a very challenging thing for me is that very woo woo idea that people bring through that actually stresses me out sometimes because I feel like. 
you know, I want to talk to someone who's coming from a place where they can bring practical information into what's going on today and not make it so about, you know, getting caught up in that very woo woo, you know, kind of conversation when it comes to the Keshik records. And most of the time I just check out because I just don't have the the energy or the bandwidth to, to listen to it because I want to be able to connect in the things that are actually moving and, and happening in this time and how we can actually create change on the planet. So I was really excited to have a conversation with her because I knew that she doesn't represent that woo-woo. And I know that she brings in information that's practical and necessary. And I love how she talked about, you know, how we are operating in the school systems and what's taking place for kids, you know, and how we can really begin to to change the way that we've been operating when we see the matrix taking away music and art and beautiful programs that are enhancing people's expression. And the things that we talked about the matrix, I think was really beautiful. You know, I think when we get into an understanding of how we are operating on planet earth, we really have an opportunity to make different choices. Like she said, the whole idea of free will, right? We have the ability to make other choices. We don't have to go along with whatever someone says just because they say it. We do have a choice and we do have an ability to stand by that choice and to be a voice for that choice and to be able to model that free will into the world by how we choose to live our lives. We can't continue operating in the same way that everyone else chooses to operate, which is obey the system, you know, bow and submit. We can't operate that way. That's not going to get us to where we need to be. That's not going to get us to a place where we recognize how powerful we are. In order for us to truly create change, we have to realize that we are the change. It's not something that's outside of us. It's not the Buddha. It's not the Christ. It's not, you know, some kind of Messiah or some special uh, spiritual person or some other influencer that's outside of us. But it's about them inspiring us but for us to step into a place of true actualization of who we are and what we come to bring to this planet with the amazing, genius, brilliant minds that we have, I'm sure we're capable of stepping outside of the boxes and limitations and labels and create something that's more sexier and more profound than we've ever seen on the planet as me, as you, and as everyone else in the tribe. We have the capability to do that. And we also have the capability to step into a beautiful place of recognition on how we're operating in this world with our free will choice, right? And being able to choose life in a way that is operating in sync for the greater good of all and operating in that beautiful place versus it being set up in this idea or the structure that has been given to us through the lack and limitation and scarcity thinking that the matrix has programmed humanity with and trapped them in their own personal cage. This idea on how we live our lives is very indicative in how we connect with our choices. And I think someone like Tia Sarin is very important person in life to connect with because she's giving us insight into these Akashic files so we can understand how we operated before and why we're making certain choices, why certain people are showing up. Because when we have that type of information, it gives us more playing power. And when I say playing power, is because Earth is like a game, right? And we're here to win, right? And the game is always about us bringing more love, more joy, more happiness, more freedom, more sense of self to the people, to our families, to our friends, and and really share in that collective resourcing. And so in order for that to happen, we've got to get out of these old paradigms. We've got to get out of these old programs 
and we have to start creating new ones. And the way we do that is by making different choices because we have the power to do that. And we have the power to shift into these new aspects of who we are, really living your life and live your life, carve it out, make it what you want it to be, not what someone else tells you it has to be in order for them to love you, like you, appreciate you, value you, and see you. You've got to love you, like you, appreciate you, value and see yourself for you to be able to stand in that position of power without fear, even if thousands and thousands of people decide to show up and tell you that you're wrong or you're this. So I can't believe you did that. Or how could you even think about that? And what were you thinking? And you're going against God or you're going against your family or you're going against whatever they tell you you're going against. Because the only person they're trying to get you to go against is you. They're trying to get you to go against you. That means you self-betray yourself. That like exactly what T.S. was talking about which is you self-sacrificing yourself for the value and need of other people to like you and love you and appreciate you, but you don't end up liking and loving you either. So Teen Serene said that this is about you stepping into that space where you recognize that the only thing that holds you back from having the best life lived is you. Because you are letting everyone else dictate around you what is right for you. And you know what? That ends today. Right now, make a decision for yourself that you're going to live as much as you want to live, how you want to live, and the way you want to live. And you don't care if other people get hurt by it or upset by it because they are unhappy with the way that you're living because it's not in alignment to the way they choose to live. This is enough is enough. And we are at a point right now in our evolution where we cannot continue to be held in betrayal against ourselves. We cannot betray ourselves anymore for the sake of other people's need to give us some form of accolade or some form of, re of respect or some form of acknowledgement. Screw their acknowledgement and their accolades and their holding thing that they want to give us, whatever packaging it when it comes in, whatever ribbon, it's always come with a price and some type of handcuffs or some type of jail that's going to come along with it, some type of prison that you're going to be put into by going into that energy. So screw it. Let it go. Don't even put your energy into it. Don't put your mind into it and focus on you. Make you the most important thing right now so that you can shine your light without fear and you can be this radiating sun amongst the other brothers and sisters you have on the planet who are also radiating their light and shining this light so bright that we actually shift ourselves into higher frequencies of consciousness and are able to lift the veils of illusion and step into a place that is based in more harmony, more unison, and more understanding here on planet Earth. We have the power to do so. You have the power to do so. I have the power to do so. We all have the power to do so. So let's do it. I love this conversation. I loved everything about this conversation. And I'm so happy that we had such a powerful woman, such a gifted soul on Ancient Wisdom today to share with us her love, her beauty, her strength, and her gifts so that we can continue to shift and lift ourselves to higher possibility. So if you haven't made a connection with her, reached out to her on Instagram, or even just booked an appointment with her to get your Keshik files read, I don't know what you're doing. But this is absolutely one of my favorite conversations with such a powerhouse woman. I'm so, so happy. And all I can say is Kopumka. Love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. 
One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>